Well, what's up, folks? It is Friday Eve, Thursday night, for those who like to keep tracks of the days of the week. And we are live down here from Tampa, Florida, the LG Sales Direct, or sorry, the LG Direct Sales Solution Studio. As I was about to mix that up here a little bit. It is Thursday night, episode 70, and we thank you for watching tonight. We do appreciate it. On tonight's show, now, I will say it's great to speak to everyone from The Athletic. And it is also super rare to be able to speak to not only one, but two in the same night. And tonight we do have Greg Allman, who covers the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and also beat writer as well, Joe Smith, who likes to cover the Tampa Bay Lightnings. So this should be a lot of fun. It's going to be pretty much a speed round with both gentlemen because we know they have other duties to take care of. So we'll make sure we get right into the show. We thank everyone again for watching tonight. It is episode 70. We are live, ready to go. I'm Angel, and this is Broad Street Show. And the man in the hour that we always cannot forget is our own Vito Corleone. Keep dancing. Keep <laughs> dancing because it's going to happen. I was playing drums. There's a difference. There's a difference. Yeah, it's okay. Keep playing those drums. Vito, how are you this evening? Training camp is here. Nick Sirianni, Jalen Hurts. Hour has begun at the Lincoln Financial Field Nova Care Complex. Yes, sir. Billy's trade deadline. Eve, NBA, Ben, Sim ben Simmons, trade rumors heating up. Let's talk some sports. Man, it's going to be fun tonight. And, and Ben Simmons, we've heard the story before, so we'll see because every single time we hear about a Ben story, we know it's here and then it's gone. So it'll be interesting to see what's going to happen with Ben Simmons, but it's okay. It, it's, it's what we do here in Philly. It's what happens, so no big deal. But that's right. The other one they could probably tell us anything latest and greatest was going on with the college is our young beat writer from Clemson University. It's Nick. If that video stops one day, it's going to be absolutely hilarious. But that's right. Nick, how are you this evening? It, I'm doing great. Uh, NBA is on fire right now. Westbrook might be an L.A. Laker. It's gonna be uh, it's gonna be a very interesting draft tonight, and baseball's been popping off. My Yanks got Anthony Rizzo and Joey Gallo, two big bats to add in there with Aaron Judge and Giancarlo Stanton. That's a that that's a slugfest going on in the Bronx. But uh, I'm, I'm super excited to be here. I'm super excited <laughs> to speak with Greg about a little Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Um, I saw that Tom Brady video like everyone else, and I'm very curious to get Greg's thoughts. Yeah, well, it, it'll be played because it, it was pretty funny the way uh, what, what he ended up doing, but it, it's, it's going to be great. That'll end up coming up later on here in the show, but we also get and squeeze in here our national correspondent. Normally, he has a full intro, but tonight we're going to do a little differently here. We're just going to pop him right on in. So, Ryan Neff, how are you this evening? I'm Ryan Neff. It's great to be with you this evening. It's July 29th, 2021. Training camps are in full swing. Pittsburgh Pirates still suck, by the way, and it's July 29, 2021. We got lightning talk tonight, Buccaneers talk, all kinds of stuff going on baseball, trade deadline tomorrow. We'll see what happens. I know Fuji's probably getting excited about what the Phillies may or may not do, but they're still going to stink. They're standing pat right now, like everybody <laughs> else is me. And again, it must be nice to have 
a stock farm system because the Phillies don't have Jack. Well, the pirate the Pirates are a triple A, whatever you want to call them, team because we just bring up talent to give it give it to everybody else. That's that's all we do. It's all right. The Phillies had one pirate pitcher for a couple of hours, and then something else happened with some medical review. And well, we can talk about that later on because it's the Phillies. That's what ends up happening. The team's just absolutely nuts, but it's okay. Things do happen. It's all right. It's Philadelphia. It's just the way it works. Mm. But we are now south of Philly, hence the Broad Street South. And if you guys want to do just like we do here at Broad Street South, if you follow these two gentlemen, the first one is Greg Allman. And if you look for him on Twitter, it's at Greg Allman. Super simple. So Greg Allman there for the athletic, also covering the Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And if you actually click on, which I didn't realize until tonight because I, I looked over it earlier, but didn't realize it there, the Tampa Bay, the Tampa Bay Buccaneers unforgettable 2021 championship season and or the 2020, excuse me, as I'm getting far ahead of myself here, uh, co-wrote a book here with Joey Johnston and then it was um, – forward by Ronnie Barber. And it'd be good to hear about as far as the book itself, because that's pretty neat. First of all, you get invited for anything as far as related to any kind of Super Bowl type team, but it's pretty neat when you're able to write a book about that magical season, what it was last season. So we'll get into it with Greg, because that's going to be a lot of fun. Also with Joe Smith again, because back-to-back athletic writers with us tonight here. And Joe Smith, which I liked, he had there at the very end a karaoke fan. So we'll get into that, or a karaoke fanatic, as you say, not a fan. It could be a fan as well. But without further ado, here are both gentlemen's first introduce here is Greg, and followed by Greg is Joe Smith. Gentlemen, thank you for joining us tonight. We really do appreciate it. Hey, guys. Thanks for having us. Thank hey, you. Thank you so much. On. How are you? Doing well. Good to be on with you guys. Thank you. Well, listen, we appreciate it. Again, it's super rare that we get two athletic writers. So I, I feel like I should just be, you know, doing one of these numbers that thank you so much for coming on. But we do appreciate it. And, and Greg will end up with you. I know it's been uh, 19 years that you spent at the Tampa Bay Times and, and now being with the athletic. Where <clears throat> the comparison as far as being with the Tampa Bay Times and then being able to write for the athletic. I mean, for those of us who are involved in sports, those of us who like to read as well, the athletic obviously having a lot of history by itself. Comparing the two, and, and I'm not going to say which one is better than the other, but what can you take from one over to the other? Yeah, I was a, like Joe, I was a longtime newspaper guy. Um, could have probably stayed in the newspaper business in the rest of my career. Um, but I had a chance to come on with the athletic. Uh, really happy about that. I'll be uh, three years and a couple of weeks here. Uh, so really neat. It, it's a huge staff. It's really excited to be a part of something so big. I think so much uh, in, in journalism right now is shrinking and getting smaller. Uh, and the athletic is just a, a mammoth organization. We've got writers everywhere. we got like 300 writers covering pretty much every team in in pro football, baseball, hockey, basketball, uh, colleges all over the place. So it's really neat. On a day like today, where there's just so much stuff going on, uh, I mean, trade deadline, uh, baseball trades, hockey trades, the basketball drafts tonight, you got the Olympics. Uh, it's cool that we got writers kind of chiming in on all that stuff. Right. And I noticed because obviously you guys, it, it's always consistently busy and always, and, and you guys are like a humongous family because it, you can see one obviously from New Orleans. God, I wish Kathleen, I think it's the one from New yeah, Orleans. Yeah. So mm -hmm. it's it's good to see it when, and especially now this time of the season for for the NFL, the same way it is for the NHL. But for the NFL, it's interesting how you guys can almost end up collaborating without even knowing each other and or knowing what each other is writing. But it's pretty neat how you guys can uh, can put your articles out and and just make it an interesting read. That's the one thing I will say about the Athletic. There, you can never 
pick it up or read it digitally and say that it's completely boring because there's always a story within the story when it comes to athletics. So thanks to you two guys for what you do for us as far as viewers and readers because it makes it really dynamic. And we do appreciate it. Uh, of course. Also, the, uh, being, yeah, go ahead. Uh, being also the, the co-author here of the uh, Tampa Bay, as far as the book, how did that all come about? And then also to, to talk about it real quickly here, not only the book, but the actual experience that most of us down here got to, you know, got the feel for the Super Bowl and then being the first team ever to win it in their own hometown. Yeah, pretty wild. Uh, Joe's got to do it twice here, so I'm, I'm jealous. But, uh, the, I mean, amazing year with the Bucks. I mean, you go back, you know, 15 months ago, still crazy to think about Tampa Bay getting Tom Brady and then Gronkowski and then Antonio Brown and how all things came together. Uh, the book was great. I've never written a book before. Um, kind of came about very much at the last minute. Uh, Triumph Books is the company that made it. Uh, they kind of do these championship books uh, for most of the pro teams that win titles. And it was great. Uh, I had it in stores a week after the Super Bowl. Uh, really a cool thing. You still see them in gas stations and bookstores around town. It, it's on Amazon too. Uh, but really neat. I'll always have that. This is, was the kind of season that you want to write a book about. And I, I was really fortunate to be able to do that. Again, I think a lot of us obviously surprised, even more surprised, learning that the MTL tear that, that Tom Brady had, which is pretty amazing when you really think about it, the entire season he played that way. Now, in, in some stories, obviously, you can make up some other things you can't. And Tom Brady, to tough it out the way he did, not only that, but to make the goal here in Tampa and to say that he's going to actually commit not only to the team and to this organization, but to bring the Super Bowl here and obviously winning it, as we've all discussed here on the show, you cannot take away that he is the greatest of all time because he's done it, obviously, with the Patriots when none of us are Patriots fans, by the way, because the history between the Eagles and the Patriots. But interesting to see the way he did it. And, and I mean, he, he did it with style and grace. I hate to say it, but he did it. Taking that win streak that they did from November – all the way throughout the playoffs and then winning the Super Bowl. Quite amazing what this team, what the organization did, what Bruce Arians is doing. And then they get that crazy, I wish I actually I would have had the picture of the ring. Beautiful ring, nonetheless. But you get that humongous ring that basically can cover almost like two fingers together. And then they go right into training camp. So very nice the way they did it. And Tom Brady saying that which ring was the best one because he got it from someone that he's uh, talked about from years ago. And he said the next, the next one. one. So we'll see. Yeah, we'll see if he ends up doing it. So uh, the courage, I would assume for you, Greg, it must be extremely busy, especially now that camp has started. Yeah, it's just kind of started getting crazy. Uh, one week into training camp, uh, once you get started here, it's pretty much every day grind until uh, January or, or February, as the case may be. Uh, but it's kind of cool that way. It's like the off season. You, usually it's right around when you get tired of things being slow in the off season that things come up like this. So Excited to have kind of daily practice. Today was an off day for the Bucs, but, uh, but, you know, they're going five or six days a week now. Uh, two more weeks, we'll have preseason games to write about. And then before you know it, it'll be September 9th, and Dallas Cowboys will be here in Tampa and starting things off. So it's exciting because I think even though they won, you know, with Brady, it's such a real thing to think about them trying to do it again. Um, Tom Brady is the last guy to do it. Nobody in the NFL has done it in 17 years. Uh, but that'll be the storyline. Uh, I mean, this will be – a team, I think no matter how good they look in the regular season, once you won a championship, the, the success of a season is, is determined in, in January, not, not in the regular season. So it'll be fun to see how they can do. Yeah, it's, it's going to be it's it'll be really exciting. Obviously, everyone calling it again down here at Champa Bay. It's going to be super exciting to see exactly what's going to end up happening with Tom Brady. I mean, the, the whole entire gang is back. 
minus a couple of new rookies. Obviously, it, it, it's amazing to see that. And normally, you never see that in the, especially the Super Bowl era of now, that you get to basically re-sign your entire Super Bowl roster. And somehow or another, they were able to do it. Obviously, Tom Brady took a pay cut so he can make more things happen and work. So, yeah, it's, it's exciting times down here. So, it would be really great to see exactly what's going to happen. Speaking of Tom Brady. There was one thing that I did want to show for a lot of people that maybe didn't get a chance to. And I know the other day, you, uh, I think you put down that Brady's got more self-deprecating jokes. And so this was a lot of fun to see from Tom Brady. You probably wouldn't have done this just a couple, couple years ago. All right, TV. This is the chance to increase your speed. All right? Let's go. It's on you whenever you're ready. Let's get it. Can I get it? Sorry, man. No. <laughs> That was good to see because you wouldn't see Tom Brady doing that probably in New England, but it was great to see because I'm expecting him to take off so fast. And then you just see him, <laughs> did I do it? So great job by Tom Brady. He, he knows who he is. I, I like that. And it's one of those where uh, it's funny. We he, That came out this morning and yesterday he kind of had like a veterans day. They'll give some of the veteran guys a day off once a week or so at, at Bucks training camp. So Brady's supposed to be off. And he's like walking around. He's he's lining up as a corner and and working on the receivers at line of scrimmage. And then he's taking reps at running back. He's like you know sweep right with Tom Brady at running back. And I think he almost did that knowing this video uh, was coming out this morning. Uh, we had seen a picture like two weeks ago uh, with him and Ocho Cinco like at the Bucks facility. And I was like, what what is Chad Johnson doing at the Bucks facility? Now we know. So thought that was fun. And again, I, I kind of like that Tom. As successful as he is, we'll still poke fun at at, uh, at his weaknesses here and there. No, and it and it's true. Hey, listen again. You can. I think the back half, and I know he he mentioned something too. Like there was Tampa Bay was rubbing off and rubbing off, like kind of like the, I guess the spirit down here. Somebody had put together, and I didn't get a chance to really read it all the way through. But he likes the Tampa Bay feel down here, and I think obviously when when you get down here, it, it's a whole different vibe coming from up north. So he's really kind of taking the Tampa Bay area in, even though he's getting his house done in Miami. But I, I wish kind of in a way he would have, he would have kept it here in Tampa Bay. But I understand. The great thing is that he is enjoying it a lot. And and again, we wait to see what's going to happen this NFL season if they do can do it again, and or if the guy to your left there, Ryan, his team, the Kansas City Chiefs, may do it, and or our Eagles. So we'll see. We'll see exactly what ends up happening. I think you're seeing his whole personality too, though. I think you're seeing a real Tom Brady's personality come out. I think Greg can point to this. Like, you know, he's always kind of been so structured and straight lace in the in Belichick era. And it's kind of fun to see athletes. Like you saw Nikita Kutrov in hockey. Like you see guys, always complain about guys being boring in their press conferences. And then all of a sudden you see Tom Brady kind of show for a worldwide brand to show his personality. I think it's been fun, even as a guy who went to school with him back in the day 20 years ago. Yeah. It, it's Kuch, all good Kuch is a really good parallel because Kucherov, again, it's like so careful, so kind of measured, quiet. And then you get postseason Kuch and boat parade Kuch. And it's a whole different beast. And yeah. it's really fun to say. I don't even know if Brady has come out of his shell as much as Cooch has. But it, it's a good parallel because they both enjoy their championships.
And the same way with Yanni Gord, I got so I'm fortunate enough to two years in a row to sit in the perfect spot down there uh, by Armature Works, and then watch Yanni Gord basically bring out two beer cans and just swallow them down off the boat, and then just have a blast. So it, it's so much fun. Listen, if they could do it for a third year in a row, I would enjoy it even more. <laughs> but hey, back to back, you can't complain whatsoever. There's one more uh, clip that I want to get in here because I know we have very limited time here uh, with you. So, Greg, it was Anna Agar. Funny video. If everyone didn't get a chance to see it, this is because of everything that's going on there on, on the college football scene and how they're trying to restructure uh, that area down here. So here's Amy. Okay, hi everyone. Um, everybody's been freaking out a lot lately. Is, it, is that hot in here? But everything is fine, okay? We're fine. And actually, Texas and Oklahoma wrote an apology letter since they're so good at writing things. Hey guys, yeah, um, I apologize. Okay, good, good. I apologize for how much this conference sucks. <laughs> Okay, well, that's not how, okay, let's, should we panic now? Because I feel like now would be a good time to panic, but I, funny you should say that. I actually, I love the out, the out west area that, yes, hiking and, and celebrities, and I just, I can do, no, why would you think I'm crying? I'm not crying. That's how you spell Atlantic. I don't, this doesn't, it's not looking right. Oh, that says AAC. I don't think you want to put the pens down. No more letters. Okay. Just when I was getting good, they leave. You know, I'm sorry I caused all this. I am. Oh yeah, no, you're so good. This is definitely your fault. Yeah, let's let's all blame Iowa State here. I would like to formally announce I have entered the transfer portal. Um, if you could all respect my decision in this hard in the whole team can't enter the transfer portal. Will you just sit, everybody? Take a deep breath, okay? Let's just. Uh, it's really hot in here. Oh, Texas, honey, I'm so. Sorry to see you go. You know, I know you're favored to leave, but but last time you were favored by 25 points actually didn't go so well, did it? Good. That was one time. Okay, this is this is why they want to leave. This is why we're pushing them away. Okay, I feel like I'm responsible now for this terror, terrific conference, whatever we're calling our. We just need to put on a brave face, and everything's gonna be. We're doomed. It's only a matter of time before the SEC gets the letter. And the Hi, sorry to interrupt. Um, I got this letter. I think from you guys. Um, it's hard to remember their other conferences sometimes. Uh, it's from. How do we text? text. Come on, I put relevant again in front of it. I can't breathe. 9 a.m. What do you mean that's prime time out there? Look, I'm used to badly scheduled games, but I don't think I can do that early. I don't. It's the procedure. Everybody stay calm. It is fine. I don't know. It's almost like someone told you so. Pretty, pretty neat there. The way she ended up throwing it all together. Angel, before, before before we break that down, I just I just wanted to tell everyone that the Lakers and Wizards have agreed on a trade for Russell Westbrook. So it looks like Russ is going to LA. So before we get into the to the football stuff, which I, I really want to dive into, I just wanted to say that. Uh, it's another, fine. Another it's, ball of title. Yeah, but is that shocking, Joe? So I I would like no, to get your input. No, I, I, Joe, I'd like to get your input here because it, it, to me, it, is it really shocking that's really happening? Oh, that the uh, expansion, expansion here. Yeah, um, I, I was. I'm, I'm not surprised. Like I, I was around covering the ACC expansion in 2003, and I was in North Carolina and talking to like the Big East commissioner on the phone at 9 p.m. When initially it was before it became a, a fad or a thing to change conferences, and um, you know, just a matter of time, I think, with all the TV networks and the bigger team moving into. I mean, the SEC didn't need any more teams, but uh, I'm not surprised to see it um, happening. It's unfortunate. Um, I'm the old traditional Big Ten, Pac-10, Rose Bowl kind of guy, or like like the traditional rivalries, but um, it's a whole new world now. Um, so we'll have to deal with it. Yeah, and that we do. But and then to kind of go back here, we finish up one, go back here to Nick's coming here a second ago, saying as far as the Lakers and and making a trade with the Wizards for Russell Westbrook. Not not listen, not super surprising when it comes to the Lakers because now everyone's chasing what 
rings. That's all they're doing. So Russell Westbrook, same thing, but it, it's okay. It's what happens. It's LA. But Joe, it, as far as now, did we, and, and I say we, I guess for the folks here down in Tampa, but for the lightning organization, for Jeff Finnick, for putting this product together that they have with the Tampa Bay lightning, which is pretty exciting for the most part. And the NHL is now basically trying to do the same thing with the Tampa Bay lightning are, are trying to do as well. Back-to-back Stanley Cups, something we haven't seen since the our rivals up in Pennsylvania, the Pittsburgh Penguins. But interesting enough to see that even though the Lightning have lost three key players, the ones that have been able to pick up a free agency, it's almost kind of balancing out a little bit. And they're still able to finesse that salary cap. So I, I would like to get, first of all, your take on how just pretty much how crazy it is for Tampa to win back-to-back. Not only do they do it during the COVID era, then they come here and do it as well, finally in front of the fans. So I, I like to get your input since you've been able to celebrate basically with them as well for the last two years. The feeling of what it's like for what these guys must be going through right now. Yeah, it's pretty incredible. I mean, you know, like you mentioned, there's only two teams the last 25 years to go back-to-back in hockey and since before the cap era, you know, when the uh, Wings did it in 97, 98. So uh, I think overall, you're going to be put these teams up, this team up with one of the best, you know, in the last you know quarter century, uh, and to do it in the bubble, 65 days, um, away from no fans, uh, in the pandemic with all the different procedures, that was hard enough. Probably one of the hardest ones you ever win, and then to come back again in less than 12 months to win two Stanley Cups, uh, bringing this whole bank team back together. It's pretty incredible to watch, and I think we're seeing a lot of Hall of Famers on this hockey team. Uh, between Stamkos and Hedman and Kucherov, Vasilevsky and, and Point, who just signed a deal. I think you're looking at maybe a handful of Hall of Famers on the same team in their prime, which is very rare. Um, so they could be win more cups as we go along here. But a uh, really special group. I think Lightning fans are appreciating that um, right now. And they, they, like you said, they, they're retooling here and they have a chance. They'll be a contender next year um, to win it again. And we saw that Yanni Gord obviously was taken on the expansion draft to the Krakens, and the Krakens picking up uh, the the brothers as well. So it, Yanni Gord obviously is going to be missed in Tampa Bay. Um, it, it'll be interesting when he comes back here. I'm pretty sure they'll they'll have some sort of at least uh, a video postcard. Thank you for when he arrives back because obviously a a key point of this team winning back to back Stanley Cups and Jeff Finnick obviously with doing what he can do for his organization, bringing them to the forefront, making Tampa now. I mean, I, again, the Bucks across the street there, not literally, but Bucks down the street from where, obviously, Woody Amelierian is at Raymond James Stadium. For Jeff Finnick to do what he's doing with his organization and then believing also in the city of Tampa because he's, I mean, fully invested in the city with Ebor City, it's, it's good to see that there's an owner that actually puts so much – I, I don't want to even say, I can say, I guess, pride, but just from his own passion into this organization, making the fans feel welcome at Emily Arena and all the upgrades that he's done there. And the man doesn't even own the arena. So it's great to see someone like Jeff Finnick to be able to come here to Tampa, put together a product like this, have a great GM behind them, and then just everyone embracing it, as we talked about with Greg and Sonia. That just the embrace that the fans have for Jeff Finnick and the entire family. It, it just, it, you, I don't know, you can go on for days, but it's amazing what he's done for his organization. He's basically been a savior of this organization. Uh, I talked to Phil Esposito, the founder and Hall of Famer. He said the best thing that ever happened to this franchise is Jeff Finnick. You know, back 10, 11 years ago, and they were in pretty a rough shape, you know, looking for stability in the ownership position. They had like 4,500 season tickets. The brand was basically dead. You know, they were not a playoff team. And, 
the last, uh, you know, 10 years, we've seen it go, you know, completely 180 um, and become a model franchise in all of sports, not just in hockey and, you know, 250 straight sellouts at Emily Arena. You saw the buzz around the, the boat parade and the Thunder Alley there and, and really become a destination spot for free agents. Like you're watching the last couple of days, guys signing for a million or less than a million dollars that are passing a lot more money in the market to come play here because they like the culture and the, the city um, and obviously a chance to win a championship. So uh, for a non-traditional quote unquote market uh, to develop in this kind of uh, potential dynasty here, if they keep on winning, um, it's pretty unique. And it's a credit to, to Jeff Binnick and his ownership group and obviously the management with Steve Eiserman and Julian Brisebois and uh, the group they had together here for a long time. And, then, and that's a fun part because so in Philly, the, the great thing with the Eagles and, and, it, and it came up was that when, when the Eagles were, were starting to make that final climb to, to get to the Super Bowl and then winning it, it became destination Philly. Phillies were also at, at a good spot when the Eagles were getting ready to win the Super Bowl. So it, it became destination Philadelphia. Not as much as it, as it just was three years ago. But it's, it's a great feeling when you have players that are acknowledging, even you figure what Corey Perry, who, who's coming off from the Canadians, to, to come here to say that he wants to play for his organization, it, it just it speaks volumes for what he's done here. Again, and the fan base, and if I'm going back three years just shy when I first moved down here, you would see a good amount. I want to say it not as much as you do over at Ray J. This year would be a completely different, but you would see a lot of visitors, at least a lot of visiting fans would end up coming down to the Amelie Arena. This year, I will say, it's probably the least amount of uh, fans that came down from the away teams because the Lightning fans were packing the house, it seems like, every night. Obviously, winning the Stanley Cup the year before, it, it, it'll end up doing that. But even as they went into that Stanley Cup season, you would still see a lot less visitors and more Tampa Bay Lightning fans. So it was great to see those those number, the, the, the numbers and volumes as far as the players here or the, and the people here as well. But what amazed me, Joe, was during the uh, – obviously, the Stanley Cup um, finals themselves, when they had the watch party down there at the Amelie Arena – it, it was something amazing to see over 16,000 fans, and yours included because I'm looking up at the screens. It's amazing to see that amount of people inside packed house, and it was the only thing you were missing is just a hologram of the guys you know, on the ice. So it was great to see, and it's, and it's fun to the, the fan base who's down here. I mean, just, I don't know, it, it's amazing to me what they've been doing, what they've accomplished, and now what they're trying to accomplish here in the offseason. And, and hats off to John Cooper because just – Two years ago, you know, they were swept out. An amazing season, amazing season, best record in the NHL, and then they get taken out in the first round of the playoffs. And truthfully, including yours truly, was like, wow, did that really happen? And are we going to see the last of Cooper? But he comes back, wins back-to-back, and Coop right now is just enjoying everything he possibly can. Yeah, he's like he took pictures today on the golf course with Wayne Gretzky uh, in Idaho with the Stanley Cup day there, so... He's doing doing pretty well, uh, but yeah, I mean, it just it shows like a lesson in patience. I think for organizations, when you get swept in four games, this historic kind of embarrassment a couple of years back, and you could easily hit the panic button and trade players or let go of your coach and just said, "Hey, we've had these chances, and maybe it's not the group to do it." Um, they stuck with their core and their the group, and they were rewarded for it, right? And so, in all this day, in, in any sports, were such a rush to make judgments or fix it by making rid of somebody. All of a sudden, you saw a lot of the same guys that had you know, come up short in previous years, learn from that experience. And uh, like other teams in the past, the Wings and Capitals had to lose before they won, and the Lightning have won now uh, more than anybody the last four or five years. So I think now it's, you know, kind of those scars have turned into something that really kind of um, emboldened 
for them to do what they've done. And so true. I, I want to get a question here. Joey B, a great, great fan of the show here. He says, Joe, what's the best and worst NHL press boxes you get to experience around the league? Wow. Uh, well, the worst ones are the ones that have no press boxes, like um, in uh, you know Brooklyn or Nashville. Unless I love Nashville and I love seeing karaoke and stuff like that. They don't really have any press boxes too much there. Um, old Joe Louis Arena didn't really have like maybe one makeshift press box back there. Um, best press boxes, um, you know, I love Montreal, the, the arena there, you're so high, but you just, the whole atmosphere is one of the best in the league. Vegas is the best atmosphere. I think, um, uh, no question in the league. Um, you, you rate some by snacks or you rate some by views, you rate some by like, um, you know, how you're set up there. But, um, there's a lot of amazing, um, uh, atmospheres overall in the league, but I think Montreal is up there. Vegas is up there. Um, you know, even the new Drew, that little Caesar arena in Detroit, uh, is really quickly one of my favorites as well. Joe, can you uh, touch on uh, Seattle having an expansion team? Like, what do you think the fan base is going to be like? Any ideas? Well, I mean, just judging from, like, they sold out, like, you know, the t tickets within, like, a matter of, what, like, a couple hours when they first announced a team. Like, and uh, I've been to Pacific Northwest. I've been to Seattle. And I know there's just a growing uh, buzz there for the Kraken and, and, and for hockey in that area. You've seen guys like Tyler Johnson have to bust – a long ways to go to hockey tournaments like that. I think there's really a need for that. And they're going to they're gonna really do really well. I mean, I don't know if they'll be Vegas quite level, uh, but I think they're definitely going to have that kind of passion for fans and uh, that market. So I, I'm not surprised to see that, you know, the buzz already. And Todd Lightwicky, who used to be the CEO of the Tampa Lightning, is now the CEO over in, in Seattle. And so I think you'll see a lot of the similar ways that they kind of created that culture uh, in Seattle that they did in Tampa. Do you see uh... – NHL expansion helping the sport or hurting? Oh, I mean, I think I think growing the game is a really important. Over internationally, the global series is really important. I think growing the game in, in the right markets is really helpful to the league. Um, I know it you might say it dilutes the talent, you know, or, or more guys. It's harder to get as many quality players in each in each team. But I think a market in Seattle opens up opportunities for. For marketing, for growing the game, and uh, just that whole part of the country is uh, a wide open space. So, uh, I think the, the NHL is not the most premier sport in the in the, in the sports stratosphere. So, I think by that can grow it anyway. As long as it's a smart play, and not into a place that all of a sudden you have to relocate later on. And but pick right markets. I think you can do it right. I just always thought the NHL's problem was about not marketing the players always hurt them, which I think would help them with the best marketing. You know, Crosby, McDavid, so on. You agree with that? Yeah, I mean, I think it wrote a story going to last year's awards, just how, how different they are from other leagues, where you see the NBA, you'll see LeBron James and everybody on every single billboard or ad everywhere, and they don't really market the stars in the NHL. They're getting better at it, of course, and the NHL players are doing more active with their own social media, but there's so many great personalities. Even here in Tampa, Pat Maroon is one of the biggest ones. Um, you know, just – if they can just yeah. be able to sell these people and these personalities, there's so many great ones in the NHL and even to the dress code situation. You see the NBA, it's like every game, it's like you don't know what these guys are in a while, like Russell Westbrook or whoever's in a weather, what they're going to do. So if the NHL were allowed to kind of be a little more open and, and creative and um, and let these guys shine, uh, let people see the personality, the Kitty Kucherovs of the world and uh, the no BS, no bullshit T-shirts that they're selling like crazy down here, um, I think overall you, you'll see even better for the game. I agree. I think it's, it's pretty amazing. That, 
pretty amazing to me. Like to smack apparel, like out of nowhere to get, you know, they get a call from Cooch and telling, could he, could they print another shirt as well? So you, you have to be at the right place at the right time. Mm -hmm. And just, you never know. You absolutely never know. I know, uh, what, there was one more question here. It was Joey had, uh, he said thoughts on how the Las Vegas Knights handled the flurry situation. And he found out he was traded via Twitter, disrespecting a hall of famer goaltender and not a good look. Yeah, especially when it came out that way. And I think the general manager said afterwards that they had actually had conversations with Mark Andre like beforehand about a potential trade. I don't know if you feel about this, how about the speaker trade, you know, right then. But um, so it is, you know, he's a Hall of Fame player. He's one of the best people, I think, in the sport. Um, and the Vezina winner, he beat Vasilevsky off of the Vezina this year. So I think anytime you have a, a player of that stature, you got to be able to keep him in the loop on those kind of things. And so I was surprised first that they traded him. I know the cap space is so important in this league, but to trade him for basically nothing. Right about that, um, but you look at what the Lightning have done. When Jeff Bennett called Yanni Gord right after he got picked up by Seattle and talked to him for like a long time just to thank him. You know, like, I think what little small things that the teams can do uh, personally with players and 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 that it goes a long way in how they're viewed in the in the league by their players and they become free agents. So I'm sure people will watch that um, with interest and say this is what you do with one of the best you know people around in the league. Then it'll maybe it'll be a, something to learn from going forward. Yeah, I think so as well. And, and speaking of as far as goaltenders, uh, you have Brian Elliott who came from the Flyers down to Tampa Bay, and uh, not Elliott, not a bad goalie, not bad. He, he's had his better moments, not bad. But for Lightning to pick him up again, you're you're getting you're literally getting guys. It it seemed like truthfully, Joe, that they probably spent about five million dollars. I know it's been a little more than that. Obviously, they they extend they extended Braden Point, uh, which is nice to see. But it, it feels like they only spent about five million bucks so far. It's it's a little more than that. Again, yeah. But they they've been very very smart. I will say, probably one of the smarter teams to be able to pull off the salary cap the way they've done it. Yeah, they didn't have much money to spend, right? So they had to be really smart with how they did it, and they take guys who were willing to, to take less. You know, Brian Elliott too. He's been thirty six years old. He's been in the league for a long time, and you know, all you're looking for is a guy who can be a veteran calm presence behind Vasilevsky, a guy who knows his role, not worried about trying to get the number one job because he won't get it. Uh, a guy who can play 25, 30 games and, and kind of spell Vasilevsky there. And, you know, I know the stats weren't great for like the last couple of years, like under 900 save percentage uh, there. But I think, you know, he's a guy who's been capable of doing it before. And um, with the Olympic break this year, they'll probably need some more starts out of him. So uh, to get a guy like him, to get Goshen for three years at $850,000 a year and Corey Perry for $1 million and, um Bellamary for for one million dollars too, a great guy to replace a, a Goudreau and such. I think they did the right kind of shopping when I think most everybody in free agency, no matter what sport it is, they overpay, right? On day first day of free agency in NFL, NBA, you always overpay for somebody. So for the, to find the right price point for guys who will give you some really good value, um, they did a pretty good job. No, that that they did, and, and uh, there was one more question I know that, that Joe had here because I know we have limited time with you as well. But it says that the Joe the Hughes family three first round picks, amazing thoughts on how New Jersey will use the latest brother Luke Hughes. Yeah, another Michigan guy. I went to school U of M, so it's good to see all the Michigan players pick the top four, top five guys in the NHL draft. We're from U of M, so um, I know Pope Milkerson has a great group there. But yeah, I think they're not going to rush him. Um, you know, he'll play in school and. You know, I think getting Dougie Hamilton for the Devils was kind of a game changer and, and giving them like a, a top number one defenseman. I think eventually you'll see, you know, Hughes up there. I don't know if it'll be right away, but I think it'll be smart for him to play that elite program in Michigan and, and get another year there, get some time before he joins his brother 
um, kind of the first family of hockey right now is with the brothers together. So it was a really cool moment to watch how Jack got so excited when uh, he got drafted there in the living room on the other night. So it, it was cool to see. And I'm, I'm sure after another year in Michigan, he'll be uh, more prepared to go. Joe, Michigan, what you do you like? Do you like it's Jim Harbaugh, right? Do you like Jim Harbaugh? Do you like what's going on with the football over there? Oh man, how long is your show? This is gonna be crazy. Uh, <laughs> uh, I, I love I love the hire initially, and um, I think Michigan's just at a crossroads, right? They got to decide, you know, are they gonna be are they ever be able to be Alabama or Ohio State? Maybe they have to decide if they're not gonna be Ohio State or be able to beat. Those guys are they okay with being an eight and four program and building big house and and being a bowl team and doing that? Like it's they're not close to being top team in the in the, in the country right now and they've had a hard time beating the Big Ten title. So uh, I think it's been hard for Harbaugh, you know, over the years here and it hasn't been. I think 2016 they were number one, number two against Ohio State and the kind of crushing loss really kind of set uh, the trajectory there for the program in itself. But um, I know people are wanting him to be out and maybe they could have been out a year ago, but got to find the right replacement too. You didn't really have to start over, really kind of put yourself back um, to square one. So um, I liked Harbaugh as a hire and I still, you know, think of what he did for the program before, but uh, it's hard to look at the results and see what you thought the program paid for initially. Um, and obviously Ohio State's a big part of that. Joe, just real quick, going forward with the Lightning, do you think they're still going to be predicated on back to front with Vasilevsky in the defense and then – maybe pick up another offensive player somewhere? Yeah, I mean, I think every guy they pick up now is dollar in, dollar out. I mean, I think Corey Perry was maybe the last one they'll have unless they make some trades here to get rid of somebody. But, you know, look, you mean best goal in the world, best defenseman in the world. You know, you have Nikita Kucherov and Braden Point. You probably have four of the top 25 players in the world right now on the same team. And so um, they lost some key part of their depth, which most teams that win cups lose their depth, which is what makes them so hard to repeat and go three in a row. But, uh, the core players are still in their prime, and they still have the top two lines intact, the top power play, top penalty kill, and the best goal in the world. So I think as long as they stay healthy and they can maintain that, I think they'll be able to get people a playoff spot and then see what happens from there. They have the pedigree to do it. So it'll be, won't be the same team, won't be as good a team as last year because they were just embarrassment of riches for the cap situation that they had and won't be able to sustain it. But um, you know, anytime you have those guys as your core pieces, um, you have a better chance than anybody else does. And so, Trina, I'd like to see you at obviously Vesileski had a signing not too long ago at Dick's Sporting Goods down here in Tampa, and, and over 200 fans ended up showing up to get an autograph form. I, I, a lot of people are still waiting to see if they're actually going to put the Stanley Cup trophy out there so they mm-hmm. can take pictures. We know it's still going different places. John Cooper, right now, rightfully so, is carrying all over the yeah. place. But hey, listen, the fans, I know they've been asking, they've been requesting to see what's going to end up happening. So I, I don't know if you have any different insight that the rest of us, Joe, if, if they're, if they eventually will bring it out to the Emily Arena so people can actually possibly take pictures with her or not. Well, um, it's a good question. I'll find out that for you guys and, and tweet it out or get it to you. Um, I don't know for sure. I, I think this a possibility. I think that overall they're first spending it around the country here in North America with the players and the team. And I don't know if go, I'm not sure if we'll be able to go to like Russia or Sweden. You know, there'll be a lot of people that need to have it for the two cup teams. But uh, with the way Florida has been opening up and with the way that they had, had the packed house at the Emily Arena for the games, I wouldn't be surprised with the, such a, a fan first organization lightning are that they create something for fans, but I don't know that for sure yet, but I'll work on that for you guys and get an answer for you. Sure. No problem. Now do we have additional time with you? I know you're, you're limited as far as the, the time tonight, but are, are you okay to hang out for a couple more minutes? Yeah, sure. 
All right. Uh, switching gears, and if we go around uh, the NFL, I know we've been talking a lot of a lot of Tampa stuff. Aaron Rodgers, right? Big talk, obviously with Deshaun Watson, but Aaron Rodgers decides to come back, um, and he said it wasn't because of the money, and it obviously seemed to be true that it wasn't because of money. He said he just wanted to have more say so as a player with the organization. So when he kept talking about the organization, saying that you know, it, it, you guys don't understand it. A lot of people thought that he wanted the GM fired. Apparently, he just wanted to voice his opinion a lot more with the organization. So even after it made it seem like Aaron wasn't possibly coming back, he was going to retire, he comes back. He also says it wasn't about Jordan Love. Then he also gets Randall Cobb back. So I would like to ask you, Joe, was it much to do about nothing when it came to Aaron Rodgers, or was it a valid point and did he finally get his point across? Well, I think listening to him yesterday, and that's probably as, as forthcoming as people thought Aaron Rodgers would be um, about a situation, right? And it wasn't just about money or wasn't it about money. It was about just for a player of his stature to not have the input he felt he should have on the roster, on um, on guys that he could help. He could be the best recruiting guy he could have in Green Bay to bring people in. Tom Brady does that. A lot of the players, quarterbacks of his stature, have sort of input. They don't tell the coaches what to do, but they have input on some personnel and guys you want to bring as free agents. So I think he wanted to just be a part of it since he's been a huge part of the history there. And um, he was disappointed with how the veterans were treated on their way out. Um, so there were some legit, I think, concerns there, whether it's been handled the right way. I don't, I don't know, but um, if he, he just basically his point was, if, if I'm not going to be part of this future of this team beyond this year and you want to move on, well then let's move on. But if he wants to be part of it and included, then, you know, he think he wouldn't mind staying, but it's a kind of a hard place for both sides to be in at this point. Oh, News I heard was that, like, he just Aaron Rodgers just wants more control of this situation. I believe he's a free agent after next year. So, I mean, like you yeah. said, it wasn't about money or anything. It's just more control of his career. You know, yeah. Once well, retire, he can walk away after the season. Yeah, I wouldn't think he would want to leave it unless it was handled differently either. So, I, don't, I mean, right. I think he does want control of a situation after this year. Like, if I'm not going to be the, the guy or you want to build around Jordan Love, then then and I'll go somewhere else. But you know, if he's a lame duck quarterback, that's the way it is. But if he's going to be semi to extension for three four years, then then I think he'd be part of it. But uh, we'll see. The, the oh, oh, I was going to ask: Do you think the Packers are the biggest threat to the Bucks right now in the NFC, or no? Well, I gave them a hell of a game last year in the playoffs. Right? Um, they were going forward or a field goal away from. From another a tough tough game there, so yeah, I mean, I think Packers um, are up there. It's gonna be hard to see. Interesting to see what the life is without Drew Brees and um, in in New Orleans. Um, but I think yeah, I think the Packers, as long as they have Aaron Rodgers, as long as they have other core pieces in place, um, are gonna be the toughest challenge for them in the division. I know it's kind of been up and down with Atlanta and, and Carolina, um, but unless I'm missing somebody here, um, not not the Lions. I do. Was that? You think the Rams have a have a good shot since they just traded for Stafford? Stafford, yeah. I mean, I I think I think Stafford's a really good quarterback. I think obviously playing for Detroit, and I watched Detroit since I was a five year old kid. Um, I know what the franchise can do to to certain players and, and players, elite ones too. Um, but I think the Rams have the the kind of team that can put, uh, especially defensively, put a challenge against the the Bucks. But um, but yeah, I think the Packers definitely, if their lungs are playing and not in, in complete chaos, will be toughest one for the Bucks. Aaron Rodgers made some great points in that diatribe 
that he went on yesterday, and I've heard some people say that he was a little whiny. I mean, the only problem I had with what he did yesterday is you've been coy for months, and then you just let it all flush out, you know, when everything is said and done. That's the only thing I did not like, because you think Tom Brady would have done that? You think uh, some of the other quarterbacks would have done that? And let's be honest, from other players that he's played with, and from some of the media, the guy's a little standoffish. So, I mean, val- valid points yesterday. He made great points, but I just didn't like the way he was coy, 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 and now just let it all push up. I guess would you rather have him been coy again yesterday and said, I want to comment on that? You know, been a mystery for a long time. Like, I mean, I think I understand your point. I just don't know. Would you rather have him give an exclusive to somebody like in January and said this? This is what my beef is, and then that's it. I mean, I think he answered the questions pretty responsibly yesterday. Um, but what would you rather I just, have been? I, I, I just thought he could have been a, a lot more forthcoming these last two or three months rather than just wait till yesterday. Um, I, I mean, that's just my opinion. That's just how I feel because mm-hmm. everything that I see on social media and stuff like that, there, there, there's a lot of people who thought he sounded a little whiny yesterday, to be quite honest with you. Yeah. No, I think sometimes with athletes, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. You're damned if you don't say anything. You're damned if you do. Um, and I think you have a good point about being coy for three or four months. But um, I wonder I wonder if he was waiting for things to resolve itself or something to get figured out before he came out and aired all that stuff. And maybe that he's still to a certain point. Like he said that they're not there yet. And I think once you're in uniform, you're in camp, you're talking to the media every day, it'd be hard for him now to avoid those questions before he was kind of out of sight, out of mind, right? He wasn't at camp. He wasn't around so easier to be kind of not a public eye uh, but now that you're in camp and you report it you're there there's no choice but to kind of hold up to it and say what you got to say because it'll be the same reporters the next day and the next day and the next day uh yeah. would be kind of impossible for him to kind of just say the no comment thing for the next uh couple months like as you were saying joe i mean you just aaron Rodgers just put it out all on the table i mean i guess he just waited till like you said everything calmed down packers took care of him and he just you know Brought it right to the table in the forefront and put it right out there to the media. Whether he was whining or not, he just, you know, rather than talk stuff here or there, like he just put it out there. And we'll see if it's a happy ending or not. But um, uh, I think the Packers fans are going to love having him back for at least one more year because he's one of he's MVP for a reason. All two mm-hmm. NFC title games back to back. Speaks a lot, even though you come up short against San mm-hmm. Fran and Tampa Bay the last two years. You know, you're mm-hmm. knocking on the door. You just couldn't take care of business and kick the door and, and get to the Super Bowl. I think it's almost – well, if if we kind of stay somewhat in that general area, if, if you look over at the other Pittsburgh team, unlike the Pirates, but if you look at the Steelers, Joe, you have Ben Roethlisberger now at the age of 39. He says he's feeling probably the best he's felt in a while. And, and there's people going to say that like almost like the, the Pittsburgh era is over. I don't believe for the Steelers it's over. Um, again, I don't – the way they started, and then Mike Mike Tomlin stating that last year when they went on, I, I believe it was what nine and zero or ten and zero when he started off the season, and then it at one point he was kind of almost saying that it was lucky wins getting to that point because they weren't playing as a team, and then obviously they were exposed. They didn't play, and then the wheels kind of fell off for the Steelers. Ben looks 
I, I would at least what I saw from training camp today looked a little bit better than he did. Seemed like last year. Uh, Pittsburgh, ironically enough, still could end up walking away with a division. So I, I'd like to hear your, your quick thoughts when it comes to Ben Roethlisberger being healthy at the age of 39. Can Ben lead the Steelers back to that promised land? And they were just what there about four or five years ago. Yeah, like you, you're right. You're right. The, the way he's looked, uh, at least watching him on like TV in camp, is probably as good a shape as I've seen him in a while. And you know, he's a lot of miles on his tires. I mean, he's been taking a lot of hits in the league for a long time. So you wonder if he'll be able to stay healthy a year. If he, if he goes down, then that's obviously a big and not the same team. And so, but that division doesn't really scare you very much uh, overall. And so, I think to have him um, and the team together, and they've always had some sort of drama with the Steelers. It seems like this from the outside. Uh, if they could have a drama-free season and he could play, be healthy, um, I don't know if they're a Super Bowl contender, but I think they're a team that can obviously can um, compete in that division and make things interesting. Yeah, that's true. And we'll see it because obviously we can see KC looks at least a plan to go back there to where, where they were, again, just shy two seasons ago. Uh, I'm pretty sure Ryan F. will love to see his Chiefs get back over there. I know they had some unfinished business. I know there was a lot of things that added towards the distraction at the end of the season. Um, unfortunately for your young quarterback, he also played through an injury as they were coming into the end of the season and they started going to the playoffs. So there's a lot of pieces that are going to come together for Kansas City. I don't think they're they're not in a you know bad spot whatsoever. I, I if if you're talking about the AFC going for the title, could the Bills be back there again with Josh Allen? A great probability that that Josh and crew could face KC as far as the AFC championship. And if we want to talk about early predictions, but uh, Buffalo is definitely headed in the right direction and they're making leaps and strides. And as a matter of fact, the only other person I could possibly see up there is also Baker Mayfield and the Cleveland Browns. I know Cleveland's not talked about a lot. It's almost kind of like a sleeper pick to a lot of people, but Baker Mayfield, Joe kind of, he's interesting to me because a lot of people don't pick him to lead the Browns to the Super Bowl. I believe Baker Mayfield continues to get better. Like any other quarterback, some have it in the very beginning, some, you know, pack it on later on but to me i i believe that baker mayfield can lead cleveland if not if to anything at least an afc championship game well if any franchises do i mean the cleveland browns are up there um with the lions and you know baker wayfield came in with so much hype and um obviously did a little expectations from the start but i think like you said there are quarterbacks that take some time they take the right team build build around them they take maybe some mistakes that are made early in the career but um you know, it's, it's just a, that division has been such kind of an up and down where you've had teams coming, coming waves. So I don't know. I mean, I like Baker Mayfield as a player. I mean, I've liked him since college. Um, it hasn't really translated completely yet. Um, but I think overall, you know, if you have the right team around him, you have the defense there. Um, I think they, that he's making it interesting at least. So, so we'll see. I know you guys are doing a lot more NFL now than you were hockey, but I got to get rolling here in a second. Um, yep. But thanks so much for having me, guys. I appreciate it. We'll do it again sometime soon. Thank you. Yeah, no problem, Joe. Thank, Thank you so much. On. Thanks, Criminal. We really do Thank appreciate guys. it. Thanks. Take care. Right. So thanks to you again, Greg Allman. Greg also had another prior commitment. So thank you to Greg Allman for coming out tonight. Again, the beat writer for your Tampa Bay Buccaneers. And then as we saw just now, Joe Smith taking off here, the beat writer for the Athletic also covering the Tampa Bay Lightning. So thanks to both of those guys. And usually I get away with saying it. And, and Nick, I didn't get a chance to say it tonight. I couldn't get them both. Yeah, on yeah, the, you, on missed, the, you, you missed the mark there. But uh, yeah. it's all good. It's all good. We can do it right now if you'd like. 
We sure can because that's what I was leading into. So if anyone out there that would love to go to CigarGoose.com, we do appreciate it. Goose's Monte Crystal Lounge and Tobacconist. It's what we're talking about. If you want the finest cigar, the finest Monte Crystal, vapes must be over 21. But if you want flavored vapes, please visit Goose at 250 West Ridge Pike in Limerick, Pennsylvania, 19468. Check them out on CigarGoose.com. Look for your favorite brand of cigar on CigarGoose.com. And by the way, speaking of uh, goose and cigars, also they do have a studio that they just made. <clears throat> They're working out a little bit of kinks, but a phenomenal studio nonetheless. And if you want to set up a group, as about the cough here, if you guys want to set up a group and use studio, reach out to, hold on for a second. <laughs> I knew it was coming. Reach out to Goose on Facebook and let them know that you would like to rent out the studio. Again, CigarGoose.com or reach out to Goose at Goose's Money Crystal on Facebook. Holy moly, my throat just dried up. So give me Take a breath, man. Me. Take a breath. You got a frog in there? Apparently. Froggy. Yeah. Rice and beans. <laughs> as long as I don't jump, I'm not feeling froggy. So be all right. Uh Listen, and, and there's a lot of stuff obviously going on in Philly, as we talked about very early, as Fuji had brought it up, Ben Simmons talk. We hear it over and over again. We heard it last season. We heard it the season before that. There was a uh, breaking news today saying that because of the NBA draft tonight, that Ben Simmons could possibly be traded within the next 48 hours. Do I believe in my heart that Ben Simmons is going anywhere within the next 48 hours? No. So, Fuji, I would love to get your take on it. Hey, well, there's smoke, there's fire. I mean, I know Golden State just shot down a trade offer from the Sixers. So who knows? Who knows what's going to happen? Tonight? Could go down tomorrow. Could go down right before the season starts. Uh, 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 He's gone. He's gone. He's gone. He's definitely He's gone. gone. I mean, how, how can you bring gone. Ben Simmons back in? He's not coming back. He's not, He's not, He's not coming, coming back. back. But I He's not getting traded today or tomorrow. Yeah. He is Somebody will make the right offer at the last minute, and he's gone. They're not. He's not coming back. You can't bring him back. I mean, the Warriors I mean, just used their pick, so he's he's not going to the Warriors either. They, they just used their pick. They they took somebody. So I don't know I where. He, I, don't news, know, I don't know where he's gonna go because I really haven't heard. You haven't heard any specific teams um, on the board. But I just someone someone's gonna make a play for him and they'll come up with the right uh, right package for him. Yeah. Maybe yeah. he goes to LA. Just bought that seventeen and a half million dollar house in there. Uh LA seems like a stretch now too, since they just got Russell Westbrook. But I got I got some baseball news. The LA Dodgers are making significant progress on a deal that would send their star right hander, Max Serger, and star shortstop Trey Turner from the Nationals. That's crazy. Mm -hmm. That's crazy. The Dodgers are really about to pull that move off. Oh, they're stinking ball team. <laughs> well, the only the only reason why the Dodgers came into play is because the Padres were making a huge move to try and land Scherzer. So when I saw that oh. flash across my phone about the Dodgers, I'm sure once the Dodgers got wind of it, <laughs> they oh, well. probably came up with another offer or a better offer. Oh, so. We'll, the we'll Scherzer deal. The Scherzer deal is just insurance for the uh, Trevor Bauer controversy yeah. going on. Yeah, he's not coming back. He's not. There's no way he plays 
again in a Dodger uniform, at least this season. It, he's he's got too much going on. He's a head case. Yeah. Yeah. And that's all. I I I'm guess I guess I'm not surprised by the Nationals. Um I, I think they're starting to get into Marlins territory where it's gonna start being a fire sale for the Nationals. Uh that that little World Series trophy that was cute for them just about what two years ago. That that's probably the one and only they're gonna see in God knows how long over there in Washington. Um so is it surprising that they're they're gonna start getting rid of guys? Probably not. Well they uh, traded a they traded their closer today to uh, Toronto. And for for my adopted internet sports son, Nick Lisi, Ducky Love It. <laughs> Shave out of hair, Ducky. Where's, where's, where's the picture? Just throw it out there real quick. I need a laugh. Right, Look <laughs> yeah. in the mirror. Yeah. <laughs> Look in the mirror. Is this so, oh. <laughs> <laughs> when it comes. To the Oklahoma-Texas thing, which the SEC made a formal invite today. And I'm sure Nick was all over that. I mean, I saw that earlier. Look, all this is is a subtle way of forming super conferences. This is just the start of it. They're going to form super conferences. The, they're going to break away from the NCAA at some point. It might not happen next year or two years from now. But that's the whole goal of all of this, and that's all they're doing so greg sankey is a genius he uh he knows what the hell he's doing and he has set the ball in motion now i disagree with you about that that they'll leave the ncaa i actually don't think it's possible because the ncaa like the tournament like that's that's all negotiated by the ncaa and that's like one of the big reasons they're still around but like football it's all conference based so all the conferences make their deals but when it comes to that tournament, which I think like goes for like a billion dollars a year, like that's all the NCAA. Um, but I'm super excited. I think for football, the SEC is going to be incredible. And now there's this expectation, I think, for Clemson to kind of step up their game here, kind of get some tougher opponents. Since our, our only real tough opponent this year is, is Georgia. You knock on wood, obviously, that there's no crazy upset or anything like that. But um I, I like it a lot. I think basketball, uh, it'll be interesting to uh, to see Texas and OU in there competing with your your Kentuckys. And Arkansas has been really good these last few years. Alabama's just picked up a little bit. So I, I, I think overall it's it's really good for the uh, for the NCAA to start kind of developing these super conferences. And, it, and I think for the recruiting, it, I think it'll help a lot in recruiting to say, hey, yeah, you come to our conference. You might you might even go to South Carolina, but guess what? You get to compete against Alabama. You get to compete against Texas. You get to compete against OU. Like your schedule is crazy. I think I think that opportunity will be huge in the SEC. That it could be. And uh, Ducky, well, first of all, David Harris, how are you? I see we tune in here. Joey B, Bill, Tom, David Strizak up there from Boston. Thank you guys all for tuning in tonight, and everyone else as well. We do appreciate it. Um, if you didn't see this, uh, Fuji, whoops, where is he at? Uh, he said, are you going to be there August 12th or 19th? 19th at the 49ers. Home and he said he's going to be at the 49ers game. Here coming up. Um, there was something that I wanted to talk about, which I completely forgot now. As I'm bringing up the banners and everything else. That, that trade was just made official, by the way. 
Uh, Trey Turner, Turner, the Dodgers. Yep, it just it just was made official. Max Serger, trade Turner to the Dodgers. Oh my gosh, that a lot of bag of bowls and a couple bats. Probably assuming a lot of minor league guys, at least probably seven 30, or eight. Well, Serger's thirty-seven years old and he's a free agent after this year. And they're they're still not guaranteed to. I mean, the Giants are still winning the division, right? right yeah. Now, yeah, by like a game. So I mean, there's there's no guarantee that. These particular moves are going to try and put them over the top with the Giants. I mean, you just we'll just have to wait and see. But you know, this 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 was all this was was the Padres went after Scherzer. Dodgers found out about it. The Dodgers said, "Eh, eh." they made the better offer, and that's that's why the Dodgers made the move. Well, I don't see a certain team in this town doing anything but standing pat right now, which in a way they really don't deserve because they're too streaky, they're too inconsistent. You win one night, you lose another. Like, it just can't turn the corner. It's a joke. Yeah. Stupid money. Fuji, the dream is over. Give up the wild card dream. Uh, <laughs> how the hell? They're like seven teams behind everybody else in the wild card. They got three and a half games back of the Mets, and they're not doing nothing. I know the trade deadline's smart. What are you doing, Dave Dombrowski? Pull the trade rolls off. He's nah, built, nah, built nah. up the stand farm system like every other baseball team that can compete and throw prospects and still win. It's a joke. I have a right to be fired up and pissed off. <laughs> okay. Uh, I don't think anybody stops you from doing so. Hey, we're hey, not going to stop it. <laughs> welcome to my world with the, welcome to my role with the Pirates, buddy. That's right. It happens. Let's what the hell are you going to still root for Pittsburgh for? What's that? The it's the same thing with the Phillies. But look hey, at Philly. Pittsburgh. Phillies aren't doing anything better than Pittsburgh. Obviously, don't have as bad as a losing record as the Pirates. Phillies aren't doing much either. It's not like the, the yeah, guys right about when it comes to the Phillies. Hand, you got a handful of teams of baseball that are like a minor league team for Boston, Nick. the Yankees, the Dodgers. Nick. Yeah. What what what's the Pirates' record as, as it stands today? Let me let me get that number for it you. It is 38 and 63, 21 and a half out, 11, as a matter of fact, 10 and a half away from the Cubs. Why have a baseball team? What's I couldn't the believe they had they had Adam Frazier start in the All-Star game. And it was I was like, oh my gosh, they have two starters in the All-Star game and they're 38 and 63. It's different. different. They can't the draw flies out there. What's the Phillies record? They're even 551 and 51 and having fun being stupid. They're 13 games above where Pittsburgh is. It, it Pittsburgh still doesn't matter. Dude, every game you watch. Money, yeah, but Pittsburgh? you watch a Phillies game and you're like, oh, my God, what's going on? Uh, they won. They lost. They suck. And you go through every single emotion when it comes to the Phillies. That's it's horrendous. Too inconsistent. You know what? What did I say what the Phillies problem was going to be going forward most of the year? Pitching. Yeah. Pitching. I mean, at well, least – Pitching at least and defense it. wins, of course. Right. And they, they haven't made a play for squat, which means – which well, tells well, me – What do you think I'm pitching and complaining? Right. And I, and I get it, but which well, tells me they're just – they to do something. They're just going to roll with what they have. That's all they're going to do. a bunch pitch. of crickets down there at CBP. You have a cricket thing there. Sound uh, bite, you can play. No, not, not that one. I was going to say for much, much later because I'm waiting for the season to come around for it to happen. It's going to. I'm going to end up playing. Move to contend for the damn division. 
Hey, at least the Yankees made a move. They made two, and I thought it was a little aggressive. They're still not going to do anything. Nick, that's a whole team. That's a lineup: home runs and strikeouts. They could play in a beer league football team down the street here. The Yankees either win twelve to one or they lose three to two. You know, they 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 might they might win nothing today. Yeah, exactly. So, and the Yankees are. Boston, the Red Sox are the class of the American. No one's going to catch them. No one's going to catch them in the East. Wild card, wild card. They're I think five back. So I think I think the I think the chase is going to try to get that second spot in the wild card. And uh, Yankees looking the wild card those last few years. They've they've been able to beat up on Oakland. They they beat up on Minnesota a couple times. So I, I, I'm I'm uh, I'm excited to see what they can do. If cold pitchers like they did today, ball though, team. I mean, there's no point. Other ball team. Well, yeah. I mean, you baseball. What do you expect? Oh, wait a minute. Let me let me let me take a look at one more thing here. The only ones that are that are second suckiest to it comes to Pittsburgh and and listen, Pittsburgh. Yeah, they've had some rough time. Orioles, 35, 65, last place. And by the way, the Orioles probably have the most losing record in the MLB at least for the past five seasons. Aww. So you talk about the Pirates sucking. Orioles are not any better, and I hate to break the news to O's fans. Until they get rid of that owner that they've had for Peter years, Angeles. done absolutely nothing. Yeah, that's done absolutely that's nothing. Done nothing like twenty five years. And, yeah, and, yeah. And the, and the Rangers and the Diamondbacks suck too. Yep. So, but speaking of, I'm wondering. I'm gonna go watch them play in uh, in a couple weeks' time. I'm actually going to a Giants game. I'm actually super excited to uh, to check out that uh, that stadium. I heard it's super nice. Which one? The Giant Stadium, Mark, the, first the cot, yeah, the kayak out and right in the uh, right. Call me Cove. Yeah, pull pull that one off, Nick. See you. <laughs> see go out in the kayak and wait for the home run. Ball. See Nick and see Nick in a kayak out in the, out in yeah. the Hey, I I I Hey, I can I can paddle myself quite well. My arms are are quite large, as some would say. Right. Well, no. The other night, <laughs> speaking of uh, speaking about the Orioles, I actually found this little gem just a couple of nights ago. I even forgot that I had this, and that's when the Cubans came here Oops. to Maryland. It was uh, Cuba like against the Orioles. Yeah, and it that was back in in 1999. I was down there for a game, and and I remember the O's going there because they end up shaking Fidel Castro's hand at the time, and then we all know what's going on here with Cuba. But it was interesting because a lot of those guys affected. I was telling, I said to Debbie, which I I thought it was kind of funny to me. So when I went to the game, it the now you're talking about major league baseball players. That some of them obviously have some speed, and some of them are just kind of lackluster. So there was a player that was on first. Now, don't ask what the Cuban players' names were because I have no idea. But the guy hit basically over – oh, my God. I, it, I remember who the center fielder was here momentarily. But so he hit it in Brady the gap Anders. between – there you go. So he hit it between the gap, and it, it hit against the wall. <laughs> the guy on first was making over to second because he was watching to see where the ball went. The kid that was at the home plate got it to third, and he was – pushed him because if not he almost ran around to go in there i've never heard so much laughter in the stadium because it looked like two quick sticks just running around the, the bases which i thought it was hilarious but uh it was uh, i again i found that along with a bunch of other collectibles that i've had um but it was it was pretty funny uh, as far as when it came when the cubans came here 
it, it was really cool. The, the Cam New York was completely sold out, but I, I just find it interesting. That I ended up finding the other night. So, uh, Angelos, if you need some memories to go back to when the Orioles were good, uh, I got some pages maybe you can fill the, the stadium with because it's looking pretty bleak. It's a shame because it's nice. It is. And by the way, David has jokes tonight for you tonight, uh, Ryan. <laughs> <laughs> no, they haven't for the last 30 years, to be quite honest with you. That's all no. That's a shame. That's another beautiful ballpark. It is. It absolutely is. Been out there a couple times. Yep, because David says it, it's crazy that Baltimore hasn't done anything since the 90s and they have one of the best games in baseball that we just mentioned here. Yeah, it's Cam Yards is, is absolutely fantastic. That's right here, it it's all. yeah, it's it's so freaking nice down there. It really is. The pirates should use the stadium for something else than playing baseball in it. Because <laughs> <laughs> baseball baseball doesn't float. They just they're just they're just I mean well, it's a shame because they're franchise I can't, I can't even won a couple of World like, Series. I can't even talk about it anymore. It makes me sick to my stomach when I talked about when I talk about the Pirates. They're just horrible. Not not as horrible as maybe three other teams, but they're still horrible. Yeah. So there you go. July 29, 2021, and the Pirates still suck. For 30 since 1992, other than one good year, maybe um, McCutcheon was still there. I don't remember exactly what year it was, maybe like four or five years ago. They haven't go back and take a look at their records since 1992. Go back and take a look at the Pittsburgh Pirates record. It's pathetic. It's pathetic. A math major would look at it and like get bug eyed because that's how horrible it is. The what's the word I'm looking for here? Your teams can only suck, but for so long. Unfortunately for the Orioles, I would say it's probably the longest if any team is going to end up sucking. And I used a joke earlier during the NFL season last year where basically everyone goes to Jacksonville because that's where they retire and die for the most part. Well, in Major League Baseball, the Orioles, that's where they go to die now for MLB because it's so bad. It's, it's ridiculous. It's really bad. It's unfortunate. But no, and it's true. But come on. Uh, Nick, you're to be honest, I'm a Yankee fan. That's where that's where players go to die. That's where you that's where you sign your fifty year fifty you know fifty billion dollar contract, and then you sign at thirty six instead of getting them at twenty nine. So I wouldn't say the Orioles is the place to die. Jacksonville City slogan where people come to retire and die. It's true. It doesn't matter. They're going to be the London Jaguars. Everybody knows it. But another two shorts. Jacksonville's turning it around. I'm I'm a big Trevor Lawrence guy, obviously. Yeah, he was your roommate last year, so he should be turning it around. What are you talking about? Yeah, If he was your uh, roommate, get us all his order. Let's see some pictures. That's probably probably not good. Okay, first of all, he cannot show pictures when he were room, there's the reason why we we disclosed this information earlier this Privacy. season. Yeah, we can't be putting that stuff out there. Come they're on, you want, you want people taking pictures of you? You want they're people just turn, taking pictures of you randomly, or no? <laughs> they're gonna turn it around to a four and thirteen record this year. What were they last year? Two and fourteen. They're one and fifteen. One and fifteen. So they'll turn oh. it around this year, and they'll be four and thirteen. Exactly. <laughs> the NFL for. Yeah. A cup of coffee. 
Hey, were y'all surprised that Watson showed up to camp? Like after like looking no. at it, I wasn't I super surprised. Yeah. But what else is he that? gonna do? That's just gonna, that's just gonna be so awkward. Like, isn't that just not like super awkward? Well, but if you were if you were making that money and getting fined fifty grand a day, now wouldn't wouldn't you show up to camp? Why do you think Zach Ertz showed up? Forty thousand dollars a day. What else is he gonna do? I mean, to me, I I would say it would be somewhat awkward, uh, but I think because right now there really hasn't been much done. I thought it was going to be a lot more, actually, that there was going to be more shoes to drop, but it seems like it hasn't been that that many. So for Deshaun, I guess it could be awkward. I don't think he finds it awkward because nothing has, has come of it yet. When everything happens, if all these uh, alleged allegations are correct, then yeah, then it's going to be the awkward moment because you're going to be telling your guys, yeah, listen, I didn't do it, I didn't do it, and then this happens. Or, as we know, sometimes there's hush money, and if you pay someone just to settle something, a lot of people have always disputed and said that's almost like admitting guilt to something. So the the Sean story is not going to go away, but so far the head coach is impressed with everything that's going on there. The one that I found more surprising, which has nothing to do with any kind of allegations or anything else, is that they're saying in New Orleans that Jameis Winston is looking really good down there, and I guess they're looking to press to make him the starting QB instead of Taysom Hill. They don't have a choice. (laughs) With Michael Thomas – they don't know how long Michael Thomas is going to be out, so they need an extra guy yeah. at wide receiver, and that's where Taysom Hill comes into play. That that's the only reason why Jameis is going to start. Had Michael Thomas come back, and not you know, and you can tell Sean Payton was pissed off at the fact that he waited until June to have the surgery. They don't have they don't have a choice. Taysom Hill is not going to be the starter. It'll be Jameis. They'll put Taysom Hill at wide receiver. They'll play him a little bit at tight end. They'll have him run the football out of the backfield. That's the only reason why Jameis is going to start. Had Thomas come back and been in camp and he was ready for the start of the season, there would have been a quarterback battle, quite simply. Oh, Michael Thomas is suffering from the same injury from last year. They put him on the buck list. Right, and he had they, – they, they did not think – he and I, I don't even think he really – he told them. He waited to have the surgery in June, and I guess from the inside word has it, they told him to have the surgery after the season was over, but and he why? waited. And he why, waited. Yeah, but, right, but why I wait? I, I, mean, I don't know why. He knows he, Jameis Winston throwing him to football. He, he knows without Drew Brees, he's kind of screwed. So he said, the hell with it. I'm just going to wait. And there's a good possibility from what they're saying He's going to miss most of the season. Right. He might not come back to like December. And if he's not going to be ready till December, I'm sorry, December, what's the point of bringing him back? I don't know, but I know Sean Payne's really pissed off. I know that much. He is pissed off. You could tell in the press conference. And listen, I I don't know. It's goofy things that are happening. It's all right because, listen, football season is getting ready to start ramp up. Of course, we're picking up more coverage here in the upcoming shows as far as everything Philly and Eagles. So, 
as I love when people tune into us. <clears throat> I understand it. A lot of people want to hear as far as a lot of Philadelphia talk. And we'll be getting this. August is coming around. September's coming around. There's going to be a lot of Eagles talk coming around here. Uh, we'll see where the Phillies will be standing here in August. We've seen what this team has done in August. It's never this way. It's always that way. And we're hoping that this year they can kind of, you know, take the little step, become even, and maybe make some sort of run for the playoffs this year. Unfortunately, I, I probably don't see it happening, but we'll see. Gabe Kapler, I don't believe, as we've seen before, August, September, never good months for Gabe. So we'll see what happens when he does with the Giants. Well, in this town, once football training camp kicks off, the birds are the crown jewel of the city. Everybody else takes a, a back seat. It's Eagles 24-7, 365. It's Christmas yeah. to me. I don't know about you bandwagon frauds, but. Bandwagon frauds. Oh, okay. Okay. Where's the Derek Jeter jersey again? Wait, wait. What bandwagon? That For what, the rude. Eagles? And he's talking least, to me. At least the other no. half of the show. Yeah. At least these other two jokers. Hey. The ring chaser. And I, don't even, I don't even know what team you like up there. <sighs> what, yeah. is Giants? No, I'm a, I'm a Browns fan. You're a Browns fan. Yeah. Yeah, they that's got out of a running game this year, my That's man. not bandwagon food. Dream, Dream I've, been a, I've been a Browns fan since Johnny got drafted. I, I, I love Johnny Manziel as a – 14 with seven years. As a 12-year-old kid, I love Johnny Manziel. Where's he going now? Where's he, he now? Yeah, I think he's playing that golf. with Floyd Mayweather I, and LeBron James. Where's that? I think, he's, he's, like I think he's golfing. I think, I think he's golfing. I think he's really like – Committed to like being like a celebrity golfer. I don't know. Playing in, playing in the lingerie league. <laughs> yeah, not lingerie. Yeah, nobody else in the world. No, he was doing uh, he was doing the fan controlled football league for a little bit, but I don't think he enjoyed it, so I think he quit. But so, what are your Chiefs going to do there this year, when Mr. Ring Chase? Hey, the AFC is caught up. The AFC is caught up. You know, like I said, Buffalo, Miami's going to be better. People keep talking about New England. I don't see it. The Browns are going to be tough. The Ravens are going to be tough. Tennessee is going to be tough. If Frank Wright gets Carson Wentz to play the way he's capable of playing, Indy's going to be tough. Hey, and look, I know it's a stretch, but don't watch out for the Chargers, man. With hate, with uh, hey, Herb, Herb slinging the, with him slinging the ball around, and they've added a couple of pieces. I mean, the AFC is stacked a lot more than the NFC. It's the Bucks and the Packers in the NFC, and then you can just fill in the blanks. Those are the two. Those are the two teams that are probably going to make it back, barring injuries, make it back to the NFC Championship game. You look at the NFC East up for grabs. I don't care what anybody says. Packers will run away with the the NFC North. Uh, you know the South. It's the Bucks to lose, and then out west, it's the Rams to lose. I would have said the Rams would have been right there with the Rams and the Bucks, but they lost Cam Akers. So, I mean, they're going to have to try and go out and find somebody to replace him. What are you going to do, bring back Todd Gurley after what went down? Damaged goods. Play. He's damaged yeah. goods. No, Buck, Bucks, Packers, NFC, but when you take a look at the AFC up and down the line, it is going to be stacked. Can we hold you to that Bucks Packers rematch? On, I, on this very day. 
Barring injury, Bucks Packers. Uh, we'll, we'll, we'll see. We'll see. This, you know, season's about to start, so we'll see exactly what's going on. Hey, and by the way, everyone, thanks again for tuning in tonight. If you guys go to broadstreet.com, again, that's broadstreet, broadstsouth.com, what you will see up here is obviously our post videos. You will also see the articles that our young beat writer has written. You can go to our store, check out the merchandise, also the RSS feed, so you guys can check out to see every single feed that we're up here. So you guys can click on it, iHeart, Spotify. Check us out on Facebook, on YouTube. Also, you can click around to our different sponsors here on the right-hand side. And then, of course, the official fan club of Broad Street South is Philly to South with Mike Klein and his group. He's been coming up now on year 26. They will be returning back to Tampa Joe's. And speaking of Tampa Joe's, I know that they are going to be doing some renovations here. Uh, I believe, good Lord, I want to say... I'll get the dates, but I'm, I'm always going to say August 1st, 2nd, and 3rd. They're doing some better races down there at Tampa Joe's. But in the meantime, you can go down there right now at 9316 Anderson Road and check them out. Great food. It's a fun place with serious food. Tampa Joe's, the gang down there do a pretty good job as far as getting the food together, the place together. And now I guess they'll be doing an excellent job once they do the renovations. I, of course, am joking around because they always do excellent service no matter what. So visit TampaJoes.com, everyone, so you can go down in the Tampa area. And if you're from the Philly market and you're coming out of Tampa, you want some great food, again, TampaJoes.com. Reach out to them also on Facebook. And then check out their full lineup as far as their menu. They always have great bartenders, waiters, waitresses. It's a great place to go to. The other place as well <clears throat> that we talked about earlier, our great friend Goose. Cigargoose.com. Again, check out the selection that Goose has here. There's your fine vape products, your premium cigars. Check it out. Again, Cigargoose.com. Take a look at the lounge. The lounge actually has been updated again to the studio. So he doesn't, I don't believe the lounge has been completely updated when it comes to the, the pictures. Get some here. And then there's been some remodeling going on. But also check them out at 250 West Ridge Pike in Limerick, Pennsylvania, 19. Four six eight. The other one as well is, or of course, the name of the studio here, the LG Direct Sales Studios. And if you guys go to lgdirect.net, if you're looking for your payment solutions, credit card terminals, business funding, everything that you need from Larry Gilman, you can find there at lgdirect.net. So take a look there. And also, with a special partnership here with Big Sarge that we had him on last week, we want you guys to check out BigSargeSports.com. He does have his show on. Let me bring up the podcast here on Tuesdays and Thursdays. So if you guys end up missing it, you can come back and check it out on the website. But Tuesdays and Thursdays, he goes live from 1 to 3, if I remember correctly, and that would be Central Time. So East Coast Time, you're talking about from 12 to 2. 1 to 3, yeah, 12 to 2. So, again, BigSarge.com. Thanks, for BigSarge, for coming on with us last week. Tonight, it was Greg Allman, again, the beat writer from The Athletic, followed by Joe Smith. We thank both guys for coming on with us. It was a lot of fun with those guys. We hope to see you all here next week as we'll be talking more Eagles talk because Fuji, who is our guest for next Tuesday night? And we should put on some music or something as we wait around and see because you should always be on the ready. Holy cannolis. Here, let me just fill it in with this.
to make the ring. It's a wonderful guest, Fuji. It's a wonderful guest we have next Tuesday. Hold his hair. I'll just add some more. Is it is it is it Brad Belukian? No. Darren Rogers? No. Max Scherzer? No. All right, well, listen. Jordan Spector or the gentleman who Design the Eagles Super Bowl collage. Ooh. That's a great name. <laughs> sure is. Thank you. For I didn't ask for your appreciate it. Smart ass. <laughs> <laughs> but you give it anyway. That's the That's way. What a ring chaser for that. What's What's the guy's name? Jordan Spector. Oh, okay. I didn't hear it. From before. Jordan Spector R. I apologize. So that be next Tuesday night. So we will see everyone next Tuesday. We want everyone to be safe out there. Enjoy your weekend. Have a lot of fun. Obviously, tomorrow's Friday, so you know we we have work to do again tomorrow. But everyone enjoy the weekend. We thank everyone for tuning in. Whatever late breaking news comes across, of course, we'll bring it to you at the show come next week. Uh, but other than that, for Debbie, which I forgot to say last week, I want to make sure I get it this week over in Studio B. Thank you to Debbie, my producer here, for doing what she does best, just producing a show, having a lot of fun with the rest of us. For Ryan Neff, Nick Lisi, and the forgetful-minded Vito Corleone. Holy Jesus Christ. Boy, I tell you what. No. It, no. Just for you, matter of fact, smart guy, just for you, here's what you get. Just, you know, since you like to make your blunder. By the way, you know, with that football with the Tony Romo, that reminds me, man, I wish I had that on cue. When the guy, when the Eagles won the Super Bowl, goes, hey, ho, hey, Tony Romo. Anybody remember that from uh, YouTube? No? no? When the Eagles won the Super Bowl? Don't want Don't want to no. know about I'll bring it up. No, the guy, he's an actual Eagles fan. But he because he was so drunk, he screwed up. He, he started saying, <laughs> he wanted to say. Spelling. Wait, wait, wait. Just say that again. How do you screw up? <laughs> uh huh. Caught yourself, did you? Yeah. How do you screw up? By not remembering who the guest was. That's how you screw up. Oh, you should know too. You're you're the host. Excuse me, co-host. Co-host. Don't try to spin this on me. Just because I'm PR, this doesn't go PR. Okay, smart guy. What's and PR? we couldn't hear you. Something happened to your mic. Ryan and I are just gonna chill. When we're exactly. Just not gonna. Throw you into the bus. We'll right, have fun here. Because <laughs> the bus you should have this information too. You but that's why you're the co-host. Smart guy. I, you know, how many weeks have like, you said, Fuji, who's the guest? And you come up with the I information. Feel like this is a great Strong off-air conversation. <laughs> no, it's fun. It's because listen, we we, we have we share with everybody. It's, it's what we do. It's a lot of Wonderful closing to the show. A wonderful closing. Definitely. <laughs> you know what? You can do this like with the outtakes. And if you it's just this, is, this, this is this is what, compilation this is, of stuff. This is, this is how every show should close. Exactly. Why? Me forgetting something? <laughs> it took, yeah, we could have ended the show like two minutes earlier. 
We could have. You may feel like an embarrassed jackass. Drawing <laughs> blank. No, but it's all right. You know what? I, I know we'll bring this all together here. I will before I put in the closing of the show, because we know he's getting a little bit older, we'll give him this. <laughs> Since he's the godfather, you know, the godfather got a little bit older. So that's what it's listen, father time catches up with you. Everyone, listen, have a great weekend. Thank you for tuning in tonight. We will see you all come next week. Enjoy your night.